Hungry Trilobite Podcast would like to start by acknowledging these fine conventions. SoonerCon. Despite the pandemic, Central Oklahoma's longest-running pop culture convention is back. They will hold their next event in June of 2022. To support them, fans and artists have rallied together on their Kickstarter, which you can visit. The Kickstarter will run through February 2nd. Go to SoonerCon.com for more details. The Hellmouth Convention. The Hellmouth Convention is a celebration of all pop culture, but specifically things like Buffy, Angel, Firefly, and Dr. Horrible. It is held in Los Angeles, California, and the next event is scheduled for June 3rd through 5th, 2022. Proceeds benefit the Los Angeles LGBT Center as well as the Ron Glass Memorial Scholarship Fund. For more information, go to thehellmouth.org. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bostig, and I'm going to be your host. Today I'm welcoming back Larry Hank into the show. And this episode is going to be a fantastic second part to our conversation. When we last had Larry on the show, he spent a lot of time talking about his accomplishments as an actor and his life direction up to that point. Today we're going to look at what he's doing going forward and the challenges he's going to face as an up-and-coming author as well. Let's get started. Back today we have Larry Hankin. How are you doing, good sir? I'm doing uh, fine. I'm staying staying sequestered. I'm still, uh, I've got PTSD, I think, from this COVID thing. I I just, uh, I fear homo sapiens. It's really weird. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to work through it. <laughs> well, as we said last time, the Homo sapien as a rule is not something to be taken lightly. So I think your caution is well warranted. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and back up. <laughs> thank you. So we, you said something to me, and you didn't say much else, that you have a book in the works? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's, and it's churning right now, right? As we speak. There are people considering it. Everybody, so far, knock on wood, as my grandfather used to say, knock on wood. Um, everybody has really loved it. I mean, not liked it, but they think it's, yeah, this is really cool, man. This should be a bestseller. But getting a, um, a publisher is really difficult, man, because there's more books being, uh, being written than there are actors being auditioning. So that's pretty heavy because I'm an actor and there's a lot of actors out there. So if there's more people writing books than there are actors, my, wow, it's a, it's a tough grind. But, you know, uh, it's a good book and uh, it'll, it'll be done soon. I mean, you know, I'm talking to three or four people now. Sure. They don't know. And they, the book business is weird, Aaron. Let me tell you, it's very difficult. I've dipped my toes in those waters a few times, so I definitely have a taste of what you're going through here. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're right on. And you, then you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's kind of a surprising, actually. I thought, well, you know, I'll just knock off a book and sell it and rest easy on my laurels for the rest of my life. No, it's not going to work that way. It's that, It doesn't, doesn't work that way. Uh, you got to actually go out there, uh, you know, publicity and all that stuff, you know, and I they really, excited. excuse me, say that again. 
I say I got excited because when we talked last time, we talked about books a lot. We talked uh, about yeah. anthropology books. And so I was oh, like, right, okay, yeah. Larry's writing something. I want to know about it. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, back then, um, which was not back then too long ago, uh, you know, I didn't know anything. So when you don't know anything, it's all, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's all roses. Uh, but it, but it's not once you get, start to get into it and I start to do research and stuff it's like I guess it's like any other thing if I wanted to go into banking it would be the same thing you know you just gotta put put your uh, put put the time in and and uh, the research I never was big on research that see that's mm-hmm. that was my problem is that it still is but I, I you know I don't I just want to Back in the old days, like in the Cro-Magnon days, and in, in like the, before the 60s, this is like ancient times, man. It's like going back to caveman times, before the 60s. Um, you know, there was no digital or anything, so everything was face-to-face or on the phone, but everything was closer. Uh, well, well, more human. It no, wasn't closer. Everything was more hu- human and tactile. <laughs> uh and and uh, so I grew up with that kind of input and that kind of you know reaching out. But now these these kids today, they they have a a, a leg up on on us old timers. <laughs> they, they know how to work it, and I'm just learning how to work it. And I never had to learn how to work it. You just hit a switch and the lights went on. Now, I don't know, you got to get apps to turn your lights on. What the heck is going on? <laughs> I just, uh, so it's, it's tough keeping up. Plus trying to get, uh, you know, a literary agent or, or any kind of agent or a publisher or whatever. But I mean, like I say, if I went into banking or into shine business, it would be the same thing there. So is this your first time trying the route of, of writing a book and getting it published? Because you've done so much else. Well, no, it's not my first time writing a book and getting it out there. But the, my, my first book, I, I, um, I just published it myself. You know, I mean, I, I, I hired a publisher to publish the book and I put it out. Uh, and, and it worked. I mean, it's much easier to do that. Uh, it's, it's a little more expensive, but that, not that much expensive. But um, the publicity is, is where separates the kids from the grown-ups. Um, if you have a publisher, then you have a lot of access to getting your, your, um, your jams and jellies out there for people to see, to buy, you know, publicity. If you do it yourself, then you have to pay for everything. And, 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 and the expense is it's just very expensive. And, and also, I don't like to listen to other people. You know, I like to. It's, uh, uh, somebody put it very well. They said, uh, I, I love learning. I just don't like to be taught. And, and I thought, wow, man, that's really hip. <laughs> Uh, and it has its drawbacks to follow that. But I mean, basically, that's right, you know. So uh, I would, you know, I, I kind of prefer to learn it myself, which takes a longer time. And it's a little more expensive. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, 
you and I can sit here and and be grouchy about the way the world is changing and all the different this and that and the other thing. And that's all true. But the advantage is that we have so many tools now to get something out there if we really want it out there. And we can learn and invent our own tools if we want to. That is a good thing. That That is a well, I'm not saying it's a yeah, bad yeah. thing. I'm just trying to keep up. It's sure. like, listen, man, I can learn to run faster. Mm-hmm. I can. But the sweat that I have to put into to not just get up and run faster. No, you got to like go out and do a little exercise and prepare, prep, preparation because I used to run. You know, I mean, you got to put the time in and the the tools that were available to me uh, in the old archaic days. I, I had learned as I grew up and kids are learning now the tools that they have as they grow up. Well, the learning curve is a lot steeper for age. Uh, and uh, that's just a, that's just <laughs> a gift of the golden years. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not uh, really complaining. I'm just like, trying to suss it out uh and i'm just trying to learn now but uh, i'm I'm at the point now where i've got um read the book um i've done all the research and blah 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 and now i've come to the level of uh where i started when i was an actor when i first started to become an actor knows getting access and getting the calling the right people and making all that stuff and doing the auditions and finally you go, oh, okay, so I got all the tools now. Now I just got to learn how to do auditions. Now that I'm in all the auditions, I've just got to learn what everybody else has to learn. You know, what, what the tricks are and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm learning the, the tricks now. All right. Um, now, let, let me maybe pick on that because that's really neat in my head. If How would you compare going on an audition, especially as a young, inexperienced actor, to querying a publisher or an agent? Well, the jargon, first of all. Um, Every uh, career, every business, uh, you know, once you get into it, it has its own jargon. And the people who are listening to you, you're trying to get in, people are listening to you, I'm really not listening to you. What they're listening for is their language. Does this kid speak my language even in an audition the the proper form the 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 waiting room you know you're talking to other people are you a person who who can just jabber away and go in an audition or do you have to concentrate and there are those are two different ways of doing an audition and and all the stations of the cross in between well that's a language and if you're kind of nervous and look like for instance i give you a perfect example i'm talking uh in the beginning i used to i used to see everybody in the waiting room to audition talking to people other you know hey how you doing oh i saw you here last week you were blah 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 and so that's what i did you know oh, oh everybody's you know just being casual and i guess relaxing and talking well i can't do that and it, and it took me a while to learn so when i would go in after talking to all these people I'd go in, I'd forget my lines, I'd be very nervous. So my auditions weren't going well. So I thought, well, you know, doing the same thing over and over is like insane. So I thought maybe if I concentrated and I wouldn't talk to other people. Now that's rude. So I would just sit and I would just kind of just concentrate. And I got to go in and get the job. I don't care about talking to these other people. 
and I found that, oh, I got a couple of good scores. I would start to, so just learning the language. Then when you get in there, you know, what's the, you know, uh, do you discuss it? Do you ask them to, you know, well, what are you looking for? Or do you just go do it and then talk about, you know, what, what's the order? What's the, so yeah, I learned that, you know, and then I learned the, 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 the jargon of audition of, of it's the same thing with going into a publisher and I'm only now learning like query letters. I had a, I learned, I studied for a month how to write a query letter, man. Now everybody has to do that, but I didn't know that. I didn't assume that. Uh, because when I was an actor, I assumed, yeah, this stuff I'm going to, I'm going to have to learn because I want to be an actor. I never wanted to be a writer. I want to be an actor. So I concentrated on learning that. Well, now all of a sudden I want to be a writer. Oh, I got to learn. Uh, yeah, right. I got to go back and learn the whole thing. So, you know, that's what it's just, you know, priorities and getting the order straight, the stations of the cross, and you can't skip over. You got to do one, two, three, four. You can't do one, four, three, two. You can't do that. You just blah, blah, blah. Some people can. I can. So you got to learn what you can do as opposed to what other people's can do easily, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's just a learning process and life is, that's, I guess that's what life is, you know, you just got to learn. And so me talking to you, I'm talking to you now, getting in, being in the book business, whereas the first time we had a discussion, I was new to it. So I was, you know, cocky and jaunty jolly and sure. Yeah, I'll just go in and write a book, put it out there. It doesn't work that way, you know. And uh, the, just the other day, I was talking to uh, um, um, a literary agent who had been recommended. Getting recommendations is another thing, you know. So and then so I had I, I, I that's when I discovered the jargon thing just recently. That I said he's listening. He's not listening to me. He's listening for. So I, but in the conversation, uh, it suddenly occurred to me. Uh, so I threw in a couple of publishing things that I learned and, and he perked up. <laughs> I was like, wow, how do you like that? It actually works. They do listen to the jargon. Yeah. Okay. And I had learned the jargon. Whereas when I was talking to you, I, I didn't. So that, that's all, but it's all good, man. Mm -hmm. You can't stop progress. Uh, it's just digital is weird to, uh, to somebody who, you know, spent 30, 40 years of their life without digital. It's a, and now you go up to like a 16-year-old and uh, that's who I get my information from. 15-year-olds, 14-year-olds. Hey, could you help me with this? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, well, you got to call a company. Boom. Thank you. <laughs> well, you go up to that same 14-year-old, 15-year-old, and you make them have to do it the old way, and they have no idea what the tool yeah. would even be. Right, yeah. What's a pencil? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, which way do you hold it? Which, uh, the, this, no, you're holding it upside down. There you go. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a, but it's the same thing. And when I was a kid, learning from my father was, you know, well, Dad, man, why are you bothering with this? What What do you mean by neato? You know, hey, that's neato. What is that? 
you know, it's stations of the cross. Yeah, it's growing up. Uh, okay, here's the other thing, the upside. You're always growing up until you decide to grow old. That's a decision, by the way. Mm -hmm. the, you know, being old is bullshit. It's, it's you decide to be old, and then you are. And uh, all my friends have decided, well, you know, they didn't really consciously decided they just kind of everybody decided that they were old and they went along with it you know uh I, that's i don't i don't countenance to that 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 philosophy i'm not so, the oldest guy on my block but yeah. i'm also no spring chicken okay are you the sharpest crayon in the box mm, don't know all the colors yet okay <laughs> but but here's the thing i hear people say I'm too old to learn how to do that. That's bullshit. Yes. But, but if you say that, you are. Yes. Next. And like, what? where is that written on the box? Where is that on the wall? Where do you see that, that you're too old? Where did you get that from? Your ass? Other, other people who decided they were old and couldn't learn it. It's other people, man. Hell is other people. Uh, good people wrote good things in plays and movies about that. You should watch those and read those. They're really good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all other, it's you. Well, okay, I'll give you a choice. It's either other people or it's you. That's all. Just decide. It's, it's other people. Cool, man. Why are you right. going to let other people define who and what you are? Because you don't know better, man. You just, it's, it's your decision. Your parents, I mean, I, when, when it suddenly hit me, my parents don't know anything more than I do. They just know other things than I do. Well, other things are good to know. I, I need to know that. I didn't know that. But you don't know this. You know, so it's it's either you or other people, and that, and and that's. I mean, I have nothing more to give you than that, man. And man, maybe a little inspiration. You know, maybe I should inspire you, and not think about other people or you. Just go paint or write, or you know, or do wow, swing and bow wow. But you know, <laughs> well. Like you, you said earlier, you were going to rest on your laurels. I find that funny because I'm looking at a guy who's done a million things already. You've got a nice little place behind you, beautiful art on the walls. You could just kick up your heels and drink your coffee, but you want to do more yet. No, no, it's not quite that way. Okay. Uh, the, okay. The key uh, operative word there is want. I don't want to do anything. That's All what right. I want. There are certain things I need to do. All right. And that's, if you put that in your sentence, oh, there's certain things you need to do, Larry. I just, it's, I have pictures in my head that I want to manifest. You know, whether it's a picture of me, of, of a scene that I want to write or a painting that I want to paint or a sketch I want to sketch or a part I want to play. But uh, basically, I'm dyslexic. I have H A A D H D, so I got a lot of things. Uh, my brain is not 
quite the same, maybe, as yours. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I'm dyslexic and I have ADHD and a little PTSD on the side. So all of that together, you know, produces paintings and writing uh, and uh, whatever, you know, uh, stuff. Uh, and uh, I go along with it. I, I, I could, I, I'm, you know, if I had enough money, I would go to Bimini. Why not? I, my, my friend just came back from Bimini, showed me all the pictures from all the yachts out in the, out in the bay. Uh, uh, so, yeah, but uh, that would be good for a day or two or three. It'd be kind of like R&R, you know, rest and relaxation. But um, then, uh, you know, I, that going to Bimini and all the money in the world is not going to change my dyslexia or my ADHD. That's still me, a part of me. So, you know, you can't, uh, there's certain things that you just have to do. You're just driven to do. You think Dylan wants to write songs all the time? I mean, I'm sure he just would like to play with his kids or, you know, go on a hike or something. Uh, Picasso, you know, I'm, I'm sure he, yeah, I get to a point where you can do anything you want, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. You know, I mean, some people can do that. Uh, I just, just, there's, you know what it is? It's, uh, what do you call it? The, the bucket list, the bucket list. A lot of people, are, you know, are born doing it. That's, that's a quote from, from Dylan. He said, I was born doing it. You know what? R writing songs and making music. Okay, Picasso the same way. Uh, when he was uh, nine years old, his father was a painter. Picasso's father was a well-known painter in his time, made, made a living, raised a family. And when Picasso, and Picasso used to paint with him, you know, he had a little easel and he would paint while his dad painted. And that, that was kind of cool, hanging out with his dad. And then when he was nine years old, his father looked at his painting that he was painting, took all of his stuff, and he said to his son, Picasso, Pablo, I'm retiring. This is all yours now. And he just turned over the studio to the kid. And he went and took a vacation, his father. Just never, never painted again. Just did whatever he wanted to do. I don't know whatever. So in a way, Picasso was doing it or was had a model to be doing it, you know, so that when he grew up and uh, Dylan was born doing it. And there's other people who were born doing it, blah, 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 from a little age. So but then there comes a time, I guess, when you like what you're like his father. OK, I'm done here. I haven't reached that point yet. So maybe that's what I'm just waiting for. That point where you go, I'm, I'm done. I. I there's not, I've, em I've emptied my head and I'm not there yet. There's a lot of load of stuff in there, man, that I just, you know, I mean, I, I've had plans to do, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to take over TikTok is what I'd like to do. That would be, that. that's like a bucket list. Uh, and bucket lists are good because it keeps you going, you know, always, you know, Don Quixote said that, you know, the impossible dream. Always have a dream. Oh, you know, oh, oh, and and a lot of people they reach their dream, and they're just flummoxed, they're dumbfounded. You know, they had this dream all their life, blah blah blah. I wanna, I wanna be rich enough to buy a Lamborghini, and then 
one day they're rich enough to buy a Lamborghini and then they buy the Lamborghini and, you know, excuse me for being a writer, but the next day they blow their head off. You know, they didn't have anywhere else to go. Now you always have a dream. Blah, blah, blah. Of course, there's a lot of things that Cervantes said that I don't agree with, like uh, chivalry. Well, no, I think, no, no, actually, I do agree. He said chivalry is dead. That's what Cervantes was saying. That's what Don Quixote was saying. Chivalry is dead. And I always believed it wasn't. But, you know, be chivalrous. Don't hit, don't hit women. There's a lot of guys hitting women, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so <laughs> you go up to them, hey, have you read Don Quixote? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just all these uh, thoughts I have. You put them into books, you put them into paintings, you put them into uh, screenplays. That's exactly what I was thinking when, you know, you said you wanted to travel and go to Bimini. I, you probably could, and it'd be a hell of a good time. But yeah, I probably could. I mean, actually, if you if you really know, if I wanted to go to, yeah, I would. I just don't need to. You know, it's just I got something more important to do right now. I I, I got something more to do. First of all, I got to do your podcast. So, you know, I can't I couldn't go to Pimini today. Um, And then later I got to meet some guy. So I can't go today. So that's out. So Bimini's out for today. And all I got to do, this is. Uh, a homeless guy once told me, he said, we, we were talking about um, doing stuff. And, you know, and he said, look, you know, uh, being homeless is a job. I was homeless for about a year. So, I mean, I learned my lesson. Uh, being homeless is a job. It's, it's not it's not nothing. It's not hanging out in front of your tent or, you know, your hovel. Uh, it, it's a job. What's the job? And I asked him, I said, well, what's the job? What's your job? He said, get through today and find a safe place to sleep tonight. That's my job. And that's not easy. Okay. Got it. Got, got it. Got it. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, you see these people who are lazy. That's such bullshit, man. That because I was homeless for a year. And for people to say that, Homeless people are lazy, just galls me. You try to be homeless for a couple of hours. I'm getting angry. I don't want to do. Okay. <laughs> but, but you see what I'm saying? There's more to it than just what you think. That, that, sure. that, that's, that's all. My prediction is if you were there and, and you took that, that, that big trip around the world, within two or three days, you'd be saying, where can I find myself a canvas? I got to get something out. Where can I find a typewriter or or, a pad of paper? Uh, It doesn't work that way. Okay. Uh, I will, because I've gone through that. Uh, No, you find what you need. You, no. You, how do do I? You, you, (laughs) whatever is available becomes your creative tools. So if I go around the world and I don't have a pen or a pencil or, or a brush or, or a book, or I will find whatever it is around me that will inspire me to use it to create whatever it is 
that I then there in that spot need. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So you, you don't have to carry, you don't have to take things with you. You got it all here. It's all here. You know, uh, your, your, your strength, your mind, uh, your emotions, all that, all that stuff, you know, your philosophy, your religion, whatever it is, you got what you need. Uh, or you get what you need and you find out what you need. And then you find out what you want. I mean, the people in uh, uh, Ukraine, perfect example. Their house is bombed. They've lost everything. They are now bereft of everything. And you have to get catch a train a uh, hundred miles away or 40 miles away or 10 feet away. What are you going to bring with you? You know, your house is in rubble. You're going to pick out what? Food. That's the first thing you're going to look for is food, man. You're going to pack your suitcase with food. Well, if I asked you that five months ago, uh, before that, five months previous to that, what are you going to take with you? If, you know, oh, well, you know, I got my pictures. I got to take, you know, my kid's shoes. I had, I had my kid's shoes bronzed. I'm going to take those, man. That's a memory. You know, the, the, the circumstances uh, say what you're going to need and want. You know, bronze shoes, you got, got no, I bet, <laughs> or maybe, maybe one out of the 1.7 million people who've been displaced in Ukraine have taken a pair of bronze shoes with them. You know, they're, they're taking stuff they need, that they're going to need, you know. Uh, so, you know, it's where are you on the... In the stations <laughs> on the ladder of life, where are you? You know, the hierarchy of needs, the hierarchy of needs until you get to your wants. You know, you know, the, your wants. Well, when you're homeless, you find out pretty much what you need and what you want. I, I, I tell you, okay, so your job is get through today and find a safe place to sleep tonight. That's job one. Okay, and that's the only job you have? No, I have another job. Oh, what is that? Well, I have stuff. I have blankets. I can't take my blanket with me, you know, when I go out to beg for food or find food or find a job or whatever. I can't take my blanket to an interview. So somebody has to watch it or I got to hide it. So taking care of something that's not with me is my second job. You got to get somebody to watch your blanket or, or, or your stuff, or you got to worry about your stuff that you hit it because you don't own anything when you're poor because everybody needs what you need needs there's wants and there's needs so they're going to steal your stuff if they want it if they need it bad enough so so uh, you got to watch your stuff so you only kind of own when you're homeless what you have on you that's yours if you leave it somewhere and you say, watch this, man. Now, he may watch it or she may watch it or not. So when you come back, it's either there or it isn't. Many times I've come back and it wasn't there. You, who, who are you going to call? Mm -hmm. Who are you going to call? Um, it's just gone. It wasn't yours. You had it for a while. I'm talking about 
batteries for your car. I'm talking about your guitar. I'm talking about your stash. I'm talking about your money. I'm talking about your food. I'm, I'm talking about where you sleep, you know? Somebody else is sleeping there. Hey, man, you know, get the fuck out of here. Okay. Or not, you know, go find it. Yeah, I mean, just um, declamations, <laughs> you know, picking up stuff. And then, you, you know, you become middle class and then it's all there. And uh, you got uh, Siri, you got Chloe, you got Abigail. Abigail, turn on the heater. Siri, what's the meaning of bereft? You know, it's just sit in your chair and order your little uh, things. Right? You know, it's just, I could go on and on. I enjoy when you do. I really do. <laughs> you got some great. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, I get. I got tired of hearing my own voice after a while, you know, but, but, uh, you know, that's, that's what I see. That's how I go through life. You know, just seeing what's needed and what's necessary. And I mean, and then there's guys like Putin and that blows your mind. I mean, no matter what I say to you or anybody else, there's a disconnect of that guy is a human being like me. You know, prick him, does he not bleed? Poison him, does he not die? And yet, he's capable of doing things that you and I would never imagine. Never he's capable of doing what you and I always do and can do. He's capable, and you are capable of doing what he is. He's a homo fucking sapien. And look what we do to one another. You know, it says white, black, yellow, green, blue. Come on. That, that, that is such horseshit. I mean, this planet is, we have, we're the first species in the entire uh, solar system. Our solar system, we're the, the only first species to outgrow its planet. That's cool, man. <laughs> We have now, we're starting to, and this is, this is true, I'm not making this up. We're starting to run out of arable land. We're starting to run out of food, water, and air. What other animal poisons its own air? What other animal besides bats sleeps in its own crap? Which is what we're starting to do, man. We have too much garbage. You know, where are we going to put it? You know, I, I just... These are homo sapiens. No other animal does that. They know better. <laughs> they know better. They're, you know, bats, you know, shit where they sleep. Well, how did they uh, adjust that? Well, we'll hang from the ceiling in bat droppings, guano. And that gives also life to other insects down there. But that's their house. They live in caves. They shit on the floor and they live on the ceiling. Well, evolution isn't fast enough for us to come up with that. You know, we hang upside down from trees is where we got it. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, this is what I have to deal with, <laughs> with, with my dyslexia and ADHD and painting and creativity. It's what, what are you people doing? What, what are you doing? What, what exactly are you doing? Somebody is doing too much or 
a lot of people are doing nothing. You know, the great, that, that's the secret of autocracy. Get everybody into the middle class and just sit back. Because when you're in the middle class, you have no worries. You're raising kids, that's your worry. Getting, you know, going to work. My father's big worry when he went to work on the train every day was being able to read, fold the newspaper right while standing up. I, I, I went to work with him several times. You know, you get in these trains and you're crowded. And so to pass the time, because he had like a half an hour train ride minimum, get into the city, he would bring a newspaper. And I would see my father. This is one of the expertise of my father was he would, on the train, he would open that, like the New York Times uh, or the Long Island Press or whatever. Open it up and then he would, and he would read. And I thought, wow, man, that is so, that's amazing. That's like a juggler. I mean, he would, and he would, you know, know how to unfold it to continue. You know, if I did that, I would have to, where, where, where did it go? You know? <laughs> so um, there's that. Um, he was middle-class and I grew up in a vapid, no input, you know, uh, childhood. The middle-class. And how they keep you in line is they get you to buy a house, the sign of being middle class. And what does that do? It locks you into a mortgage. And now you have to keep a job. Now you have to have a job. Now you can't quit that job. You got a mortgage and you got two kids and a wife plus car payments. And that's the way out to the wall. What? And they said, that's the world we all live in, or at least 90. Well, not me. Not me. Uh, and, and I have my own problems. That's just, then that's not my problem. But I have my own problems. I, I got to pay rent too, you know. But, but if you're middle class, uh, I'm not nailed to the wall. If you're middle class, you're nailed to the wall. I mean, you are locked in to middle class. You, you, you can't go down. Your only path to freedom is to go up, is to get richer. Capitalism, not democracy, capitalism. Uh, so uh, capitalism works well in democracy. And I, I, have, I have nothing to say for or against capitalism uh, and for democracy. Capitalism, it, it, it works, you know, it, but it's kind of a Ponzi scheme actually, you know. Uh, but, you know, hey, okay. Uh, it seems everybody seems to like it. Uh, I'm doing okay. Larry Hankin is doing fine. But if you're in the middle class, you have so many things that you keep you there. M mortgage, house payments, rent, car payments, medical, dental, uh, two kids, a wife, food, uh, the lawn, um, you know, upkeep, house upkeep, uh, babysitting. Uh, maybe a maid comes in once a week, cleans, uh, you know, gas, 
uh, you know, clothing, washing machine. So, I mean, you gotta, that, uh, you have to have a certain income to keep all those things up. The apps on your, uh, on your laptop, mm-hmm. your laptop, those things lock you into the middle class. And the whole point of democracy now, the whole point of capitalism, is to, is to make sure that you maintain so that you, you, know, you, you don't get nervous about, hey, is this getting shaky? Like what happens in the Ukraine? All the people who are leaving are, are middle-class people. They're bereft, man. Once you take away their house and their middle-classness, they just have to pack one suitcase, take a kid, get on a train and go to another country and live off, you know, the kindness of others. I hope there's enough of that kindness out there because I have my doubts sometimes. Uh, Doubts about what? About whether the world is going to be able to take those people in. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the next problem. So it behooves democracies, not autocracies, going to give a fuck, man. But it behooves democracies to take care of the middle class. But in take being, but in taking care, making sure that war doesn't happen, that but to make sure that you, the middle class is safe, they got to keep you in the middle class and get more people to shore up the middle class and to get richer so that there's more room for more middle class. And what's the result of that? Well, we don't talk about the result of that. The result of that is fuck the weakest. That's how you do it. Fuck the weakest. Why? Because they can't fight back. They have no money. They're not in the middle class. We're, we're not here for the We're not here for, for those people. Uh, the middle class and the rich people say that's, that's uh, supporting laziness. You know, those are the lazy people. Well, fuck the lazy people. There are no lazy people. There are, they don't exist, man. There are no lazy people. Because lazy people starve to death and die. You just, they get rid of themselves. Lazy people are no use to themselves. Um, So that's the fallacy. That's the lie that there are lazy people. Some people call lazy people a a different color. You know, people who are purple are lazy. (laughs) I've never found any utility in comparing somebody's actions to their appearance. No matter how many times it's been explained to me or proposed to me that this appearance relates to these actions, it never works out for me. I don't see it. I never will. (laughs) <laughs> from your mouth to god's ears i hope i mean I, I can find all sorts of problems with somebody but their appearance can't be on the list yeah i mean yeah and that's the conundrum of homo sapiens mm-hmm. we've built not societies but civilizations but you, how do you think the pyramids got built Ah. Uh, are you asking my personal opinion? Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of people a long time ago used a decent amount of human engineering and some rudimentary calculus to 
push blocks on sand. Really? Mm -hmm. uh, these people who figured out these calculus and stuff, mm -hmm. they were pushing blocks? Not the ones doing the drawings, the ones doing the calculations, but they came up with the plan and then other people who... Other people? How many other people? Quite a few. A lot. A lot? I believe the numbers are in the thousands, tens of thousands. And how many people were doing the calculations? A couple dozen. Do you think you have an answer to your own question? I don't know if you even asked the question. I didn't. You I just assumed. To... You just assumed. I asked you, how did the pyramids get built? And you just told me a couple of dozen people did it. That's, that was your first answer. That was your go-to answer. A couple of people, some engineers and people who did calculus. That was your answer. Think that was it. my answer? Think about it. I'm looking at the implied question. or, or No, I'm looking at your, your exact answer. Sure. And that's what everybody does. The people who are responsible are either lazy or just a couple of calculus people. That's that's what gets me mad. Is your first go to? Is everybody? I'm not. I'm. I mean, I, I'm not picking on you, man. No, no, I'm that's on fine. Me. I mean, but but you see what I'm saying? It's the easy answer. It's the easy answer. Purple people are lazy. That's an assumption, but it's a valid assumption because I see purple people and I see they're standing around. Well, let me take your house away, your money away, your way to make a living, your way to get cleaned up and go for an audition or a job interview and see if you're named lazy or if you're just bereft of options. That's why you're standing in front of your tent, not doing anything. What I, what's your brain is fried. Is what it is. That's why he's doing it. What's that. valuable about this is knowing that you've been on the other side of that tent and knowing you, you can offer this, this insight with authority that you've been there, you've done this, and you know this. That this is, I've not had that life. So I can't say that. But if you can, well, I, 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 I well, I, I do. I do. You know, I do. I, it's in my writings. It's in, you know, what do you think that is? What do you think that is? Mm -hmm. What do you think I'm saying? I mean, you know, or that right there. Uh, but I do, but, you know, I'm still dealing with a planet full of homo sapiens. I mean, I'm not going to change anything. I just need to do that. And I need to do that. And I need to do that. That's my need. It, it, I don't, you know, you, you do, you, you know, you, you add a little more. I think each human being has a little little piece of the puzzle of what life is all about maybe that much but there's you know what four billion people on this planet i don't know how many people there are on this planet uh, but each one of those people i believe this has just one little square you know of of knowledge that's needed to fill in the big you know puzzle of, of why we're here because Tigers don't even think of that. They just I, go about their business. 
I'm excited to know that you're into this book and I do not want to push you for any information that's yeah. not ready to go out, but when it is ready, I'd like to know, and I'd like to hear more about it. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just tell you the premise of it. I mean, okay. I um, it, it's, it's a biography. It's a memoir. It's okay. uh, for me, it's how I got to be here talking to you from, from far Rockaway growing up uh, in, with my family to uh, to to Syracuse University, but high school, Syracuse University, Greenwich Village, stand up, uh, Second City, the committee, Hollywood, stage, movies, TV, platforms, apps. <laughs> That's the that that's the arc of, and I just tell little uh, anecdotal stories about each stage. So uh, I have five. I, I do it by uh, by cities because actually, you know, I I started in Farakoi, went to New York, and then I traveled around as a stand-up, you know, doing a tour, and then. St. Louis, and then Chicago, and then San Francisco, and then LA. So I follow that route. And I tell little anecdotal stories about each stage, but I'm growing older and learning stuff along the way, you know, uh, which I, but it's, but it's, it's from, it's an oral, it's an oral history, basically, of, of me and show business. Not, there's a couple of personal things uh, where I got a new roommate or uh, my, my, my girlfriend is kidnapped. You know, things like that. Where, okay, I have to put down everything and go look for her. Uh, but other than that, it's, a, it's just my trials and tribulations of auditioning, you know, throughout my life. I and love picking up all this, like Yeah, and, and then picking up all this information that I'm spouting out right now, you know, kind of gathering information. I love reading stuff like that. I definitely want to get my hands on this book. I would like to oh, do that good. as soon as it's available in whatever way, shape, or form. And I'd okay, like I'll to even tell you. On. Okay, I'll tell you the title. The title is um, "That Guy." That's the title. And it's That's a great, great title. Yeah, it is great because I am that guy. You are that and guy. In so many things, people when they stop me on the street. They go, "Hey, you're that guy, man, from Seinfeld, right?" Or, "Hey, you're that guy from Breaking Bad." Or, "You're that." So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good book. I mean, like I, I've had a couple of important people read it and they all just went, hey, man, this is really cool. Uh, Larry, I'm not making that up. That, no, which it. surprises the hell out of me because I just wrote it because I, I needed to write it. I thought, if I don't write this down, I'm going to forget it. And, you know, it's going to go away. And I think there's really interesting stuff here. I mean, there's more interesting stuff than I even thought. Because, you know, once you get into it, of course, you know, the ideas start popping. But I was just thinking, no, there's this thing about, you know, I nearly died a couple of times. And I thought, no, that's a good story, man. I, and also there are from stuff that I talk about even uh, in, in interviews or just hanging, you know, with friends. And they go, well, you know, how did you get that part? You know, somebody will ask me something. Hey, well, I saw you in blah, blah, blah. How did you get that part? So I'll just say, well, and I'll just tell this story about how I got the part. And it's really funny. 
So I thought, well, I should tell that story in the book, you know? Well, I had this girlfriend and, and we did this. And that was kind of weird, man. That's a good story. I'll put that in the book. So that's what I did. You know, it's just these, these stories I've been telling all my life, they will be lost. And, you know, be, and people always ask me, hey, or they meet a friend, they'll say, hey, uh, tell them about the time that uh, you were with uh, Howard Hessman uh, and you took acid. Tell them about that thing. So now this guy is, I got to tell that guy. So buy the book. <laughs> I'm going to save a spot in the show notes for this book and wherever okay. you can buy it when cool. the time comes up. Let's have you back on sometime soon, as soon as it's out, Larry. Well, I, I'm trying to get it out there. I, you know, if, if I don't uh, get a, a publisher, then I'm going to uh, pr pr uh, publish it myself. I mean, it's going to go out. It's I'm a big fan out. of that idea, actually. I like that. Uh, I'm beginning to lean more. Now, somebody wants to publish it. Does, does anybody know about um, Manic D Press? I'm just saying this out to the world. I've heard some stuff about them. Um, what have you heard? What have you heard? They want to publish it. They actually want to publish it. Okay. I, well, I can stop looking right now and call them up and say, okay. But they're kind of a very, very small uh, publishing house in San Francisco. And they do publish like R. Crumb, but that's like a very small, you know, sales in America. He's big in Europe. But. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, get it out there big. But, uh, you know, I'm still working on it, but it'll be out there. And, and I guess, give me three more months. All right. Three more months, okay. We'll swing back in three months. Cool, man. Larry, thanks for being on. Have yourself a great day. Okay, you too. Bye, Aaron. I would like to thank Larry for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. This was a great chat on the realistic struggles that somebody might have trying to get a book published today. But Larry brought up a more important type of struggle and a bigger issue for society, and that is the issue of homelessness. So today I'm going to use the Good Pods app to try and find a better way to connect to that issue. Good Pods is an app that allows you to search through podcast content, find new shows, find podcast creators. And I like this because it gives us a chance to extend the conversation from a podcast to the real world. I'm going to open up the Good Pods app and type in the word homeless. And what I get is in my results is a podcast called Homeless in San Diego. And this podcast does a great job of dispelling the idea that San Diego is just this sunny city in California. We get to see that like every other city in the U.S., they have a homelessness problem. And we get to hear the real stories from that homeless population and from the people trying to offer assistance to that homeless population. This is what I love most about podcasting is that it gives everybody a chance to voice their story and to hear other people's stories, even people who are greatly in need, such as that vulnerable population. I would strongly encourage you to check out that podcast, and I'd like to hear your stories, whatever they might be. You can reach out to me at bossigpodcast.yahoo.com. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron Bossig. Go ahead and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.